It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckry. We welcome you in on this Friday morning. Today on the show, how many all-stars will the Braves end up having? When is the right time to extend Max Freed? And how good does Arthur Smith's play calling need to be for the Falcons to have success? We'll talk about all of that. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckry on Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. And it starts... Now. Hey, good Friday morning to everybody. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuck Rand Locked on Sports Atlanta. We ask you to head over to youtube.com. Find our page in your search browser, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Subscribe, leave us a comment, tell us what you think. For uh, We're also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey. When you find us, leave us a five-star review. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, the Braves had a very much needed day off yesterday as they get ready to take on the Chicago Cubs starting this afternoon in a three-game set as they look to extend that 14-game winning streak. I do think they're going to sweep the Cubs this weekend. Cubs are a bad baseball team right now. They they don't do very many things well other than their uniforms are kind of nice. Outside of that, they don't do a whole lot well. But as all-star voting is underway, and if you haven't gone to the Braves' Twitter page, you should check out the little promo video that they did for the all-star game and getting people to vote. They had all the movie posters of the different players and things like that. It's a fun little deal to check out. But how many guys for the Atlanta Braves have a realistic shot to be on the all-star team? Now, don't forget, Snicker's going to manage the all-star team this year. So once you get past fan voting and everything, Snicker's going to have a hand in picking what the roster is. So when I look at the... Braves roster right now I think you can look at seven total names seven yes now I'm not saying that all seven of these guys are gonna make it but I think that there are seven names that you look at and say okay those guys are having an all-star caliber season so let's start with Ronald Acuna Jr. who the big thing for Ronnie is whether or not he's played enough games. Now, he may end up with the fan vote when all is said and done. We don't really have any early results just yet on the fan vote. But Ronnie's becoming a popular enough national player that it wouldn't surprise me with the season that he's having, with the power, the speed, the batting average. He still does everything great. I know he missed a bunch of time, but still, he's going to have a pretty good number of games played by the time we get to the All-Star game that he may get enough love and be in that starting outfield. Dansby, we'll talk about Dansby in a minute, uh, just as far as my locks go, because I I can't imagine Dansby Swanson not being on the all-star team this year. Given the year that he's had, both offensively and defensively, would be hard to imagine that he's not an all-star. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know if he has that kind of reputation, but certainly he will be on the roster. Kenley Jansen's another guy, second in the NL in saves uh, right now. You know, Josh Hader's had a monster year. He 
what, he just had a streak where he went like 40 consecutive innings without giving up a run and then gave up a couple of home runs and had that snap. But he's been outstanding this year, leads all of baseball in saves. But Kenley Jansen's had a really good season. What was it, 14 for 14 to start the season, had a bump in the road, blew, what, three saves uh, in a row, and then came back, and he's gotten four more saves since then. But he's been locked down efficient for the Atlanta Braves this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Snicker doesn't put him on the roster. Max Freed is another guy. Look, we're going to talk about Max Freed coming up in the next segment. Max Freed has been outstanding. And when you look at some of the numbers, Freed right now tied with the team lead uh, in number of wins, an under three ERA, 80 innings pitch with 75 strikeouts and only 13 walks. That's an absurd number that he has going right now. And one thing, and, and I'm going to mention the next guy, and then we'll talk about the scope of the National League. Kyle Wright is another guy who has a legitimate shot. You're talking about a guy right now, seven wins, two and a half ERA, 80 strikeouts in 73 innings, almost 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He's been outstanding. Now, one thing about pitching in the National League this year is think about some of the big, big name pitchers. You know, Kershaw's had a pretty good year. He's got four wins, though, for the best team in baseball. His ERA is minuscule. Maybe he gets in, maybe he doesn't. Obviously, Jacob deGrom is not going to be part of the all-star festivities. He's hurt. Steven Strasburg, a guy that, okay, maybe in years past, but he's hurt. He's not around right now. Max Scherzer is another guy who his numbers would probably qualify him to be an all-star. But, you know, you're talking about a guy who probably doesn't come back and start pitching until sometime in July. If I'm the Mets, I don't want him throwing in the all-star game. I know he's a bulldog, and I know he's probably going to want to be there and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not 100% sure that I'd want Max Scherzer even pitching if he was healthy and available. He's had an outstanding start to his season, no doubt about it, and, and would probably be on the team, but I'm not sure that they want him. I'm not sure if I'm the Mets manager that I would want him going out there pitching. So if you start to take away some of those other big names and things like that, there is definite potential for the Braves to find one or both of their starting pitchers on this roster right now. And Kyle Wright has been outstanding. Max Fried has been outstanding. I mean, when you go across scope of baseball, those guys are toward the top as far as leaders and wins. Obviously, both excellent ERAs in today's modern-day baseball when you're under three, especially when you're like two and a half, like what Kyle Wright is. Those are some outstanding numbers. Um, also, um, well, let, let's, let's save my long shot wild card, but maybe deserves a, a look-see, uh, Austin Riley, first off would be the next guy. Now, you know, I don't know if he's going to get in the vote over Nolan Arenado or Manny Machado. Those guys are typically going to be the high profile names that are going to get on, but Riley leads the national league in home runs. I would expect him and I would expect Snit to put him on the all-star roster. That's a crowded position that the third base spot has, right? I mean, you've got three top-tier guys in Riley Machado and Arenado, all guys that are having big years and all guys that are some of the leaders of their franchise. So there'll be a spot for Riley, especially as he's leading the league in home runs. It would be it'd be almost impossible to imagine that he wouldn't make the all-star team. It's not like you couldn't have three first basemen on your all-star roster. And then the one wild, wild card that I don't think that will make it, but you could make a case for how good he has been. It's crazy as this may sound, but A.J. Minter. If you look at Minter's numbers, 2-0, 0.98 ERA in 29 games that he's pitched, 27 and two-thirds innings with 36 strikeouts, which is almost 12 strikeouts per nine innings. He has not given up a home run this year 
has only issued four walks, so he's a nine to one strikeout to walk ratio with only three earned runs given up, a .759 whip. He's been outstanding. You know, the problem when you get into A.J. Minter and guys like that is the all-star game, right, is typically premier starter, premier closer. A lot of times those guys that do the dirty work through the middle of a game don't get recognition. But what if A.J. Minter is sitting on about a .75 ERA with three wins by the All-Star break. Would Snitker put him on? Would Snitker add him in there? I don't know. I mean, you know, you got a guy that averages 12 strikeouts per nine innings, has a few wins out of the out of the bullpen, and has given up next to no runs. It would be hard to imagine. So I'm going to tell you that my, my locks, as far as who's going to be on the All-Star team, Dansby's going to be on the All-Star team. Kenley Jansen's going to be on the All-Star team. Max Fried is going to be on the All-Star team. Austin Ryan is going to be on the all-star team Four guys that I think that are locks to make the all-star team, but it could be as many as seven. All right. Speaking of Max Freed, when we get back, when is going to be the right time to max extend Max Freed? Because the Braves have a lot of financial decisions that are coming up. We'll talk about that next. It's hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, find our page, subscribe to our channel there. Always leave us a comment. And of course, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, which includes Spotify, Odyssey. Go there, leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think about this show. And of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. You know, we talked last week about Dansby Swanson and the contract extension, obviously Dansby going into his walk year. And I've said, you know, look, every hit, every RBI, every run driven in, every steal, everything, you know, Dansby's putting more and more money into his pocket. And Dansby won his arbitration case for $10 million this year. I expect him to be a $15, $16 million type of pitcher, or sorry, shortstop um, come next season. So my gut tells me that Dansby won't be here, that they won't give him a, a long-term extension that with some of the other guys are going to be coming up over the next couple few years, Braves are going to have some real decisions to have to make. And as Ronnie and Ozzy's money finally starts to catch up a little bit, those guys won't be $1 million players anymore. You start to have to budget around those guys. One guy who's going to be very, very interesting, who is heading closer and closer to needing an extension is Max Freed. Now, Freed got his $6.5 million in arbitration this year, and he's got two more years of arbitration. So his third year of arbitration will come up next year. His final year of arbitration will come up in 2024 when he's 30 years old. So it's an interesting thought about when and if do you extend Max Freed? Because for an organization that has bragged and built itself around pitching and all the prospects and all that, that we were so afraid to move and trade. Oh my gosh, if we trade pitching prospects, what are we going to have down there? But Max Freed is one of the guys that you hit on. And if you think about the long-term with the Braves, we have no idea. It's pie in the sky to think about whether or not Mike Soroka is going to come back and is ever going to be the pitcher that he once was. I mean, for anybody to even come thought process about speculating about what he will or what he will not be is ridiculous. You have no clue, no idea. We haven't even seen him in a couple of years. And obviously, 
you know, when he was at his best a few years ago, he was tremendous. But can he ever get back to that? So that's a big question. Obviously, Charlie Morton is a guy that doesn't have a long shelf life, right? You know, they signed him to a two-year deal, and you see he's having his struggles this year. Maybe last, maybe next year is his last year, and they, you know, he retires. I mean, literally, he could be out of baseball by the end of next year. And you've got Kyle Wright, and you've got Ian Anderson. Those guys are still young, but you got to have that ace, right? In today's baseball world, you want that guy that every fifth day you can hand the ball to and say, go get me a quality start. Freed is that guy. And I'm not saying Kyle Wright hasn't been that this year, but when we're talking about long-term and some body of work, Freed has been consistent these last few years, and he has shown that he is your number one guy. He's your guy at the number one spot. So how long do you wait to decide to extend Max Freed or give him a contract? And what kind of money are we talking about with a Max Freed deal? Now, is Max Freed going to get you know, Max Scherzer kind of money or Jacob deGrom kind of money. No, I don't think that that's going to be anything that Max Fried is going to get. But if you look at some of the guys around baseball, you know, like one guy that that kind of sticks out, Jose Barrios for the Toronto Blue Jays. He just signed a free agent deal last year, signed a, a contract last year. Seven years, $131 million. That comes out to just over $18 million per year, right? Zach Wheeler, five years. Uh, he signed this a couple years ago, five years for $118 million. That's $23 million per year. Um, you know, I was looking, uh, David Price got seven for 217, but that was a whole bunch of years ago. He's not going to be in that kind of range. Um, Lance McCullers, five for 85, who signed that deal in 2021. Max Fried's going to be a 15 to 18 million dollar kind of pitcher out there. And that's why I'm also starting to think that a guy like Dansby may not be around that they look at and say, okay, we've got Freed coming up pretty quick here. Austin Riley's still a few years away. Some of our other money's catching up. I think Max Freed, probably at the end of next year before they get to his final year of arbitration. Because the other part of this is, too, is that by the time Max Fried is ready to be an unrestricted free agent, he's going to be 30 years old, 31 years old, excuse me. He'll be 31 years old. So he's not going to be a young guy in his prime. So do you reward Max Fried now or do you kind of just go on the cheap for the next couple of years? Because he'll if he continues at this pace, that six and a half million will almost double. I mean, he'll be in the 10 plus million dollar range if he has another whatever, 15, 16 win season, sub three RA, 160 strikeout season, all-star appearance. You know, obviously we can't, unfortunately, have him win the silver slugger anymore. But if he has another one of those kinds of years like that, he'll probably push toward $10 million or more come, you know, arbitration time. So I hope the Braves don't kind of drag this out because they've been searching for that guy to anchor their pitching staff for how many years now? I mean, you know, we kind of talked about could they find their big three with Anderson, Wright, Freed? Could that be not saying that they're going to all win 300 games and all this, that, and the other, but but some stability at the very top of their rotation. And you would hate to let Max Freed walk, but I understand not way overpaying him. But, you know, he's not going to be the Scherzer DeGrom, 40 million, Garrett Cole, 40 million type of number and things like that. But five for 85 is probably a realistic number. 
for him. I mean, would you rather have Lance McCullers or Max Freed? Would you rather have Jose Barrios or would you rather have Max Freed? I'd rather have Max Freed right now. Left-handed starting pitching that doesn't walk anybody, doesn't give up a lot of home runs, low ERA, and strikes out plenty of guys too. Sign me up, Chief. Give me all that. So I think we're still a year away before we see any kind of number. I hope the Braves don't try to wait this thing out like they've done with Dansby, like they did with Freddie. And I understand the business aspect of it. And I understand Liberty Media as well. Like there's only there's only so much pile of dough to go around because, you know, Liberty Media is barely scratching two nickels together. I mean, their CEO is only worth $250 million, right? And that's coming off the CEO that was only worth $4 billion. And I know they only made $600 million of the battery. So, I mean, I, again, I we have to we have to pat Liberty Media on the back and say, Poor babies, we 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 know. Now, again, um, hopefully they're done fleecing the Cobb County tax, taxpayers out of all of this, but that was another story that we did about the truest building and, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so that uh, aside, back to Max Freed here. Whew. You've been looking for that ace in your rotation. Is it time to reward him? I'd like to see the Braves get this thing done sooner rather than later. You know, avoid the arbitration, avoid any hurt feelings, you know, uh, avoid all of that and avoid a guy who is your ace of your staff. And he is. I mean, say what you will, but he's the ace of their staff. He'll be next year's opening day pitcher, barring a catastrophic injury. He'll start on opening day next year. He'll be probably the team leader in wins or right there with Kyle Wright to lead the team in wins. And he'll be up there in strikeouts and he'll be right there in ERA. And he's going to be one of, you know, looked at as one of the better pitchers in baseball. I think he's going to get an all-star appearance this year as well that he's rightly earned. Why not reward him? Not saying you got to overpay for Max Freed, but you put guys like that in, in baseball world, you put guys like Max Freed on the open market. What are teams willing to pay? You know, think about the Trevor Bowers and some of these guys that are, you know, flea bags and things like that, that they're great pitchers, but they've got all the baggage and everything that comes along with them. Think about what some of these guys were getting over the last couple of years that are, again, Lance McCullers, five for 85. He's a good pitcher. I like Lance McCullers, but I'd much rather have Max Freed. I'd much rather have Max Freed over Jose Barrios. Well, those guys are 15, you know, 15, 18, $17 million starting pitchers. And so that's a, you know, a decent chunk of money. But in baseball terms, would I rather have Max Freed for 18 to $20 million or would I rather have an aging Matt Scherzer for $44 million? Well, you know, again, we're both in win now mode for the Mets and, and for the Braves. But I like what Max Freed brings this team. I hope that they get this thing done sooner than later and don't just keep playing out the arbitration process. But I still feel like we're probably a year away before we get to that point. All right, when we come back, how good does Arthur Smith have to be at his play calling this year if the Falcons are going to have any chance to get this offense on track? Chuckery hanging out with you here. It's hitting hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. It's hitting hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head over to YouTube.com. Find Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. Subscribe to our page. Almost 2,000 people that have subscribed to it now. We're also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Spotify, Odyssey, find your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a five-star review and then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. I was looking at Pro Football Focus's rankings for the top offensive play callers in the NFL this year, and they only ranked the top six guys in the league. So Andy Reid, number one, Kellen Moore, number two, Byron Leftwich, number three, Kyle Shanahan, four, Sean McVay, five, and Matt LaFleur, number six. And I didn't expect Arthur Smith to be on that list or anything like that of the top six guys, but it got me to thinking about, 
you know, in year two of play calling for Arthur Smith, how much better does he need to be for this offense? Because look, this is an offense in a massive, let's not underestimate massive transformation as the 14 year entrenched quarterback, franchise player, potential hall of famer, at quarterback is gone. The most important player that's ever been in the history of the Atlanta Falcons is gone. Now you've completely revamped what was one of your big strengths over the last, you know, really five years, your wide receiver room, where when it was Julio Ridley, Sanu, Roddy white, all the guys that they brought in and out in this wide receiver room over the last really more than five years, probably, you know, seven, eight years that that room is completely revamped and you're not the same kind of running team. And, oh, yeah, you've got all these, you know, potential struggles on the offensive line that you got to really start getting fixed. I saw where Drew Dahlman was taking a lot of first-team reps and things like that. Okay, I'll be honest with you. Drew Dahlman's the same player that Matt Hennessy is. Uh, There's no difference. The difference is this team didn't – this this group of guys didn't draft Matt Hennessy, but they did draft Drew Dahlman, right? So there's a little bit more loyalty there. But when you think about – what this offense has to be and the challenges up against it. They need Arthur Smith to be a dynamic play caller. Now, where would Arthur Smith rank right now among play callers? And and part of it is you have to factor in his time at Tennessee in this as well, because he only had one year here where he's had to be both play caller and head coach. And I know Dave Ragone's the OC. This is Arthur Smith's offense. This is his offense all the way about what their style, philosophy, everything is. That this is this is no Dave Ragone imprinted offense. This is Arthur Smith's offense. You know, Arthur was probably a top half play caller in the NFL. He had some good pieces. And when you have, you know, Derrick Henry and you have the kind of guys up front in your offensive line, but they got a lot out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, sorry, Ryan Tannehill. Um, they got a lot out of right. Is there really any difference between those two guys? But they got a lot of Tannehill. Um, AJ Brown obviously, you know, developed into a top-tier wide receiver. So they had some things that they did well and some guys that emerged and became big playmakers for their offense. If this offense is going to get on track and do some things, Arthur probably has to be somewhere. They probably have to be a top 10 play calling type of team because they're going to have some challenges that just make it difficult. You can't rely on having a savvy veteran quarterback. You can't rely on having a deep, um, uh, talented, uh, experienced wide receiver core. You have a lot of guys between not just your rookie class, but think about the Brian Edwards and the and the Auden Tates and guys like that. Those guys are all trying to find a spot in the NFL, right? They're all, they're all trying to find their place and their footing in the NFL. I'm not saying they can't be playmakers and do some good things for this team, but they're trying to figure out their life in what their NFL career is going to be. So outside of what you feel like is established in Kyle Pitts, where you feel like, okay, that's my most known quantity. You know, there's a lot of questions about what your passing game is going to be. Then the running game. I mean, I know what they want to be. They want to be more of a power run team and we want to get more of a run pass balance. And I get all that. And we talked about that earlier this week, last week, whatever. I can get my day straight anymore, but to do that, you better have a good offensive line. And that's why I think that if the offensive line isn't the most improved unit on this Falcons team, then their offense is going to have real struggles and you're going to have to kind of play call your way through, through that. Now we know that they have to be a better red zone team. And if you're going to sell me on the idea of, 
oh, we got Kyle Pitts and we got Drake London and we got all these big guys and this, that, and the other. Okay, then you better find a way to put up lots of touchdowns. The only reason, if, if, if you tell me that the reason, if you tell me that the only reason we don't score a ton of touchdowns is because we have an inaccurate quarterback, I'll give you a pass. But if it's because guys aren't getting open or I don't want to hear about double teams and all, because every top flight guy in the NFL is double teamed. Okay. I mean, that's why they put six defensive backs on the field. Everybody that's top tier is going to get double teamed. You have to get guys that are better. You have to get guys that get open and you have to scheme your way through some of that as well. And if we can't run the football effectively down in the red zone, you know, when it's third down and goal, from the two and a half yard line, you got to punch that in. I, I have to be able to trust my offensive line and the running backs. You know, I got to be able to, if I need to line up, I got my offensive line. I got Key Smith and I'm going to put Tyler Algier behind him in the I formation. And we're going to run it right up through and get a touchdown out of it. Fine. But all of that has to happen this year. And that's a lot about play calling. That's a lot about doing some things and, you know, maybe throw a trick in here and a trick in there, a little bootleg here, a little rollout guy here and a beep, bada boop, you know, bop, 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 you know, you get a little bit of that going. Okay, fine. But Arthur's going to earn his money this year with this offense. And obviously, if we look at this offense, let's be honest, we don't know how many long-term answers they have on their offensive personnel, right? 11 guys on your offense, okay? Who do we know right now are long-term answers of the 11 guys that play offense? Well, Lindstrom's one. Jake Matthews is one. Kyle Pitts is one. And Drake London will obviously be here for a number of years, but what's Drake London going to be? So I'm, I'm going to give you three guys that we feel like are confident that we know for sure that are guys that are going to be here for the long-term that you actually build around. Drake London may be in that group, but again, I've seen, listen, with all due respect to y'all, 50 years of watching NFL wide receivers. I've seen a lot better guys than Drake London flame out in this league. I've seen a lot more talented guys. I thought Mike Williams out of Southern Cal when he was drafted was the biggest can't miss guy. He could do everything in college, go up, get it. He would just catch everything, right? But guys like that flame out all the time. So Pitts, Matthews, Lindstrom. Right now, that's the three guys I say, okay, I can build my offense around those guys. That's not a comfortable feeling. Because think about how many, you know, think about a handful of years ago. Think about five or six years ago. Well, Matt and Julio and Sanu and Ridley and Jake and, you know, Lindstrom or this guy or that guy, Alex Mack or this, you know, it looked a lot different in our offensive personnel, didn't it? So if, if Arthur can get himself on track and get this offensive identity and be a top-tier play calling, then this offense has a chance to do some things. I don't care who starts at quarterback. I don't care what guys under center, this, that, and the other. I don't care what guys you're talking about at, at running back or this, that, and the I, I, I don't care about the actual personnel. Part of in the NFL is you have to scheme your way through some things, right? And again, look at what some of these top-tier guys that when we talk about top-tier play callers. Well, Andy Reid's got his franchise quarterback. The Cowboys feel like they have their franchise quarterback. Do I need to even say about Tampa Bay? Frisco is still looking for their quarterback. The Rams have their franchise quarterback, and the Packers have their franchise quarterback. So outside of the San Francisco 49ers, who do have a dynamic play caller, everybody's got their franchise quarterback. That's where it starts in the NFL, and when you don't have that, 
you better be able to scheme your way through some things and figure out how to maximize the talent that you have. All right, we thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thanks for making Hitting Hard your first listen. We ask you to make ATL Day Ones your second listen. My buddies Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste, they speak to the heart of the city of Atlanta, talking all things Atlanta sports. Follow them on our YouTube page as well, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Subscribe to that page today. Also find us free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey. Pick one of your favorites, subscribe or, or leave us a five-star review, excuse me, uh, there as well. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Everybody have a great weekend. We will be back next week on a Monday. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery from Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.